Hello and welcome to We're Watching What? I'm your host, Dana, or the DHK as I'm known. And two things up for review this week. There's My Big Fat Greek Wedding 3, and then there's the new series on Apple TV Plus called The Changeling. First up is My Big Fat Greek Wedding 3. And, you know, the first one came out uh, 21 years ago, 22 years ago. I remember at the time uh, liking the movie. I think a lot of people liked the movie is the sense I got. You know, the the jokes about the Windex seemed to sort of penetrate the cultural zeitgeist in a pretty impressive way for a pretty small movie. Just I remember having good warm fuzzies about it. Now, fast forward, 2016, the sequel comes out, My Big Fat Greek Wedding 2. I honestly don't remember seeing it. I don't even know if I saw it. So, you know, it is what it is. And now this brings us to Big Fat Greek Wedding 3. And having had so much time lapse between seeing movies in this franchise, I'm truly guessing I've, it's been 20 years since I've seen, you know, a movie in this series. I had to question my original sort of uh, feelings towards it. I went, was this good at all? Were we all just under some sort of like witch's spell? What are we watching here? All the joy and the humor and the like genuineness and warmth seems to have been sucked out of this film and I am too afraid to go back and watch the original one because I'm really afraid it'll ruin it and I want to give them the credit of being like yeah there was a good one at one point but I can only imagine that they made these movies because one it I mean not one it's a boondoggle film, right? And I've been talking about these a lot recently, but these sort of set in a beautiful, idyllic location. Usually you get a tax break from the country or whatever it is that you're filming in. It's usually cheaper. And, you know, the places they are filming in Greece are beautiful. Also, the premise of three is that they go to Greece. And there's a whole lot of other overcomplicated things. You know, the story could have a few clean plot lines and be fine. There's a whole thing about a family reunion. You know, the, the entire cast is back, uh, led by Nia Verdalis, who directs this time, which I'm not going to lie, I think may have been part of the problem. You know, John Corbett's back. Joey Fatone is back. <laughs> Andrea Martin. But it, everything felt super forced. I will give a shout out to Andrea Martin. She was my favorite part of the film. I think she was also one of the best parts of the original, if I recall correctly. But you know, it's just a hodgepodge of storylines that feel half-assed and then they remember that they had them going and then they want to tie them up quickly. And, you know, we introduce all these new characters who I don't care about. I don't even, I barely care about the original characters because of the way they've set this up. And so, you know, I feel like it does this discredit to the franchise to keep trying to squeeze and wring stories out of it when you are sullying this sort of original portrayal of a family that felt authentic at the time. And now it is just spun out into whatever the hell it is. You know, I, don't, I, I could go on about the plot points that just make absolutely no sense. But I think the thing that really came across is one, it sort of feels like a commercial for parts of Greece. But by the same token, they're not displaying parts of it in their best light because, you know, this is like a rundown village is happening and all this stuff. And then, you know, they're forcing in all these new weird characters that, like I said, you, you could have just focused on the family and that's at least like a fast track to being like, oh yeah, you know, I... I at least understand universally the concept of family and family dynamics. And, you know, that is the thing that drove the first one, right? This is tight-knit family, and then an outsider comes in, you know, gets in a romantic relationship with one of them, John Corbett's character and Nia Vardalos' character. But, you know, this one is, it's just, it's got too many plates spinning, and they're not even interesting plates. And and it is an hour and a half movie, and it was dragging for me. Like, there's always this rubbery sense of time in a movie like this where you're like, I know factually that the time is continuing to progress forward, but they are just cramming so much and so much bloat into this that somehow each minute feels like 
10 extra minutes and I'm stuck here watching it and I can't leave. So, you know, even if you were a fan of the first one, okay, I'll say this. I haven't seen the second one, but based on the sort of reviews of it, I don't think it's particularly great. So if you were a fan of the first one and you feel the the yearning and you know, like, oh, there's a third one out. Go back and watch the first one again. Don't drag yourself down into this mess. If you had no interest at all and you've never even seen the first one, this is absolutely not for you. But I caution you away from this film. It's such a bummer because I do remember having like a great amount of respect for the first one, doing what it did on, you know, such a small budget and and portraying this sort of, I mean, it's unfair to call her an atypical romantically because I actually think she's very pretty. But, you know, it's at the time, not fitting the Hollywood beauty standards. But now it just feels like a bad cash grab slash vacation plan. So I'm going to give this a 1.6 out of 5. I'm going to take a quick break and be right back. And I'm back. The other thing I have this week is a new series out on Apple TV Plus called The Changeling. And I will acknowledge I knew nothing going into this show. I just knew that Lakeith Stanfield was in it and it was called The Changeling. And then I figured out it was based on a book because the description of the show said that. And that's about it. Now, I feel like maybe it would have behooved me to do a tiny bit more research going into it because I felt confused is not the right word, but sort of thrown about by a lot of the tonal shifts. And I think even if you have read the book, when it comes to the show as an adaptation, you will still probably struggle with some of the tonal shifts because I get the sense, that, you know, having looked back now that the book is a little darker. The other thing I did know going into it and, and not realizing that this was what it was going to be about is about, you know, the sort of myth of changelings and kids getting replaced by, you know, stolen by fairies and Brothers Grimm type stuff. And so, that is what it is more about. Now, I don't want to go too much into details because my takeaway from the show is a lot of it was about the sort of like, is this real? Is this not? I can't swear that the show was intending for that to be the audience's takeaway. But because of all these sort of swings back and forth, that is what happened to me as an audience member who has not read the book. Now, again, if you have, this is going to be a very different experience for you. Now, the things I will say about it is the performances were very impressive. You know, I think that is why I kept watching it because it's also this sort of dark, a little bit horrific type show, which is not my usual cup of tea. But I was sort of entranced by these characters and what was going on. And then finally, when the mystery sort of drops, the first three episodes are out right now. But the, when the mystery sort of drops, I was like, oh, I think there's supposed to be more to this. But I was happy to just watch these, you know, characters exist in their world for a bit. Uh, Lakeith Stanfield, like I said, uh, plays a, a character called Apollo. And I, I said this, I can't believe I'm comparing these two things, but... I remember saying this about Haunted Mansion a few weeks ago. He is such a good actor and he can elevate a project from something that is terrible. Haunted Mansion, is, I felt, was not very good, but he was just putting in the work and it was in a different, you know, film than everyone else. This, at least he is also matched by other actors who are giving these great performances. Clark Bacco, Adina Porter, Jared Abramson, Alexis Lauder, Malcolm Barrett, and Jane Kaczmarek, who it took me so long to realize who the hell like she just looks so different now than she did in Malcolm in the middle I think but you know she looks great but I, I just did not recognize her so the characters I think are really what drives this the story and the plot itself like if you're willing to overlook that and you like ooky spooky kind of fantasy thriller horror and and I say this as someone who's very scared of horror things so I was not scared by the show which is good because I don't enjoy being scared by things so if you want this, so it's like a, a sort of a mood setting show and then good character pieces. But if you're looking for hardcore logical plot, I would warn you away from the changeling. Like I had to decide, do I want to recommend this show to my parents? Because I usually use that as a litmus test for maybe broader audiences. And at the end of the day, I said, 
No, because they're going to ask me questions about like, so wait, what was this supposed to be? And I don't understand why this is happening. And so if you're okay with the sort of gray in between, maybe ethereal world, the Changeling might be worth checking out. If you are not really a fan of that, this is not going to be for you. But the Changeling has begun streaming now on Apple TV+. That has been it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, we would love it if you could leave us a five-star rating, a review, or even consider subscribing.